welcome to Marty's Illegal Stick, episode number 11. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, coming to you live from the beautiful My Little Falls studios here in Little Falls, New York. We have a big show today, and we've got a lot to get to, so I'm going to start right off bringing in my co-hosts. First of all, I'm going to bring in Dave the Save Warner, our producer. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, uh, and a really, really big show. Big, huge. <laughs> yeah, huge. Huge show. We, huge. Got a lot, we got a lot to talk about, guys. So I, I really hope you got your, your, your talking points all ready to go. Yep, we're uh, ready. All right. Leo Kinville. Hello going? there. Good morning. Outstanding. Outstanding even for being a Rangers fan, huh? Never mind. Now, I'm, now you just took that right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, after last night. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, you know what, though? There's a lot of hockey left to be played. Yeah, yeah. But out, I did. I had out to the get backyard, that, maybe. I, don't know. I had to get that in just so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, son. <laughs> All right, and coming to us live via Zoom today, we got Rich Masucci out on remote control. What's going on, Rich? I, I'm going to tell you what. I love these Zoom meetings because you can literally just roll out of bed, and um, I, I did. You know, <laughs> but you know but, what? Wait till we start recording these with the video, and we start putting this on YouTube. Oh, well, then that's a whole different thing. <laughs> do, you, do you have pants on, Rich? <laughs> He'll come out Don't in tuxedo. Answer that. You know, he'll come out in a tuxedo next week. <laughs> uh, so how you doing, brother? What you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Enjoying all this hockey that's that's out there right now. Tons of hockey everywhere. And uh, so, speaking of tons of hockey, we got the AHL starting pretty soon, and we got a special guest coming in today. I'm going to be doing a phone interview with. I got Mr. Jason Shia. I'm going to be giving him a call right now. Get him on the line. All right, so I want to bring in Jason Shia. Jason Shia is the new play-by-play announcer for the Utica Comets on AHL TV. How you doing, Jason? All is well. Thanks for having me. Hey, very, very good. Thank you. Um, we have, I know you understand you're at Comets training camp right now, correct? In the midst of it, yeah. We are uh, two days into camp, so uh, lots of names and faces, two teams combined. It's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, you got a lot, a lot of new names to learn, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, that's it goes with the territory, but yes, you're right. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for lack of a better term, Vancouver is going to be sharing the comments with the Blues this year. Um, so, any idea how the, like the the coaching staffs are going to be made up? I know they're going to be mixing players, but is there going to be like any Blues coaches involved with this tour? Or? Well, here here's the crazy thing about this year's camp: everyone's wearing a mask, right? So I have <laughs> almost no idea who's who. I wish the coaches would wear nameplates and the players out there, but <laughs> I, I believe, as I'm looking at the ice right now, I believe Drew Bannister is out there, and Trent Cole is out there, Daniel Kachuk is out there, Gary Agnew is out there. So listen, it's it's it, it, we're, everyone knows what's going on here. We're all for the betterment of the players. We're under the umbrella of the Utica Comets. It's teamwork all around. Just as a as forwards and defensemen and goalies work as a as a unit on the ice, the same thing is going to apply for the coaching staff. You know, there are no egos anymore. We're just we're lucky to be playing. So because Absolutely. you know it's a it's a privilege to be on the bench during games. God willing, we're going to have them all. So you put all your egos aside. Everybody just wants these players to develop. Absolutely, and you know, and that's just it. Especially with with times being just as different and tough as they are, you know, it, everybody's got to work together. So uh, you're coming to Utica from the Charlotte Checkers, correct? You were there since 2007. Am I correct in saying that? No, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, 2007, yeah. Uh, that's a long time. So how how did you get your start? What did you do before that? Well, if you go all the way back to the 1990s, believe it or not, I started in professional wrestling as a broadcaster. It sounds strange to say it now. Really? It never, yeah, it never would have happened in today's age. But back then was like the Wild West. There were no rules. I was hired basically out of high school to be a 
a commentator on their hotline platform and on their internet, the nascent stages of what was the internet. Uh, so I went on to get a, a degree at uh, Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts, went on to get a bachelor's degree in communications, became a sports producer at the local NBC affiliate. And then, you know, I'm not really a sports guy. Like, I can't speak to you eloquently about college football or the NFL, whatever the case may be. I'm a hockey guy. I've been a hockey guy my entire career. So I figured you're going to be in a sport. You might as well be a part of the one you love. Exactly. Uh, Play-by-play play by play seemed like the most fun thing you could do aside from playing. I grew up listening to Bob Cole and Gary Thorne and Fred McLeod, who was a longtime voice of the uh, Cavaliers before, uh, unfortunately, he passed, you know, just a couple, maybe a year ago. And they inspired me to be a play-by-play broadcaster. I've been doing it ever since now. I think this is year 16. That is really cool. Really cool. I got to tell you something. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, so you got to tell me, what organization were you working for? <laughs> Back then, it was called World Championship Wrestling. It was uh, run by Ted Turner's company. Yep. Eric Bischoff was the boss. Um, that's what I did from ages of 17 to 20, I believe. So you were there for the New World Order? I was there for that, yeah, I was. That's awesome. Right in the middle of the Monday Night Wars. Very, in very... the midst of it. Yeah, in the midst of it. feels like a movie that I saw a long time ago. I no longer <laughs> follow it, and, the, and the, the business was so brutal that I stopped watching and stopped paying attention, even when I was in it at the end. But, yeah, uh, yeah it was a long time ago. That's That's cool, man. Uh, so listen, getting back to hockey, um, another question for you. Will you be calling games from the booth or from the TV monitors from another location? I know that's like, no, uh, no, no, we'll be in, we'll be in the arena for the games. Uh, you know, we're under testing and whatnot Okay. And under certain protocol. There's, we, we do our distancing as best as possible. I try to stay away from the room and the players and the coaches as best possible. And, uh, so we're going to, you know, we're going to be in the buildings. Really? That's, that's cool. Even on the road or. On the road, yeah, yeah. Wow, excellent. Because I know for like uh, when they were doing the World Championships or, or World, I'm sorry, World Junior Championships, they were doing you know some of the uh, the play by play from the studio. A so. lot of teams are going to road games in the studio. I believe there were broadcasters in the bubble in the World Juniors, and they were as they were for national coverage in the NHL for a time before they got some guys in there. Uh, but yeah, we don't. I don't think we have the capabilities. Number one. Yeah. Uh, but for us, it's such a very small crew, and you do your best to sort of stay in your own, uh, for lack of a better term, stay in your own bubble, right? Right. Right. Oh, that's that's really cool. At least you can be able to watch the games right from the arena. Because I mean, that's probably got to be pretty difficult trying to do a play-by-play from a TV monitor. Hockey play-by-play is already hard enough. Now they're making it harder. <laughs> exactly. The good like, thing is they pay us an astronomical amount of money. So. Really? Well, maybe I got to get into this too. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was I was reading an article about you in the the Utica OD and uh, the the writer there said that you grew up in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Go Wolverines. Uh, yeah, you know I didn't uh, go to MSU and didn't go to U of M. I don't have any particular sympathies. All my pretentious friends went to U of M, uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I I support whatever team is winning. Good for them. Well, listen, I'm sitting with an Ohio State fan, so. Okay, okay, there you go. But you're number one in my book, Jason. <laughs> you didn't go to U of M. I didn't go to U of M, so I'm okay with you. That's yeah, good enough absolutely. for me. So, listen, just real quick, uh, growing up in Detroit, did you ever get to the Joe Lewis Arena? My first game I saw there was probably eight years old or so, and uh, got wow. a chance to see many, many games from the Joe, especially when they were the height of their of uh, their, you know, dynasty, right? Awesome. Um, I had some friends who had tickets and new people who had tickets and got to spend some time in the press box. My One of the very early games I saw there as, a, as an adult was standing between Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond while they called the TV game. So, yeah, wow. it was, uh, it was, it was a, quite an arena and uh, a fixture for a long time. That's a very, very cool story because I, 
I, you know, I mean, obviously I've lived here my whole life, but I mean, the Joe was just something special. It, it really it was. was. It know, was, so no doubt. I know you're a busy guy, so I got one more question, and I'm going to let you out of here. Speaking of the Joe Lewis Arena, did you ever get to throw an octopus on the ice? <laughs> I don't think I've ever touched an octopus. I'm okay with that. I see them on the ice. I love their tradition, but no, I'm not smuggling it out. I was just going to say, could you imagine that? How do you hide that? No. <laughs> well, I think maybe I'm assuming because it happens so often, people just look the other way at some point, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, if you do it, you do it. And I think it's one of the best traditions in, in, in all of sports when we get to do it. Cause it. It's inspiring, right? It means something. Right. And if, if there, I don't know if anybody's thrown an octopus in a long time, I stopped watching. Uh, specific teams, but it means playoffs are upon us, and playoffs are the most important, most fun hockey in the world. There is absolutely nothing like it. No doubt. I know he's got to go, but I want a real quick question, Jason. I saw in the paper this morning that they had uh, uh, three goalies and so many defensemen, so many offense or uh, other players. Uh, Is that the only people that are at your camp, or you're going to have other names? No, the the roster we put out, I think, uh, early this week, on Monday, is... that's the group that's on the ice. That's the group that's going to be here. So I know some other teams. I heard Syracuse has almost forty guys at camp. This team is uh, is, is is they are who they are. I don't know if you can make many cuts. I don't know. I have no idea. So I don't want to speculate. Okay, I, I wasn't sure the, about the old comments. You know. So, so there you go. I, you answered my question. Yeah, that's it. There are no secret players out there hiding. So uh, they're all there. They were all on the list, and everyone's going to try to fight for ice time. It's going to be competitive. Yeah. I think for a dual affiliation, these don't usually work for longer than a season or two. But I also think in the short term, because everyone knows what the you know the reason you're here together, that you put any whatever differences. And I don't think there are differences, but you put that stuff aside and you you sort of forge a, a unity that perhaps wouldn't be the kind of chemistry you'd find in other situations. So it could very well be inspiring and propel these guys to a really really great season. Absolutely. Thank you very much for answering that. Anytime. All right. Well, listen, I, I hear the, the skates and the pucks and all that going on in the background, so I'm going to let you get back to training camp. But, Jason, thank you so much for coming on today with us. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, best of luck, guys. Yes, absolutely. Good luck to you, too. That was Jason Shy, everybody. Thank Have you very season. much. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. That was really cool. I'm uh, so glad he came on. That um, The AHL TV is going to be huge this year because we can't go to the Comets games. We just can't. Mm. So um, I'm just going to kind of go over it real quick because I got mine purchased already. I'm ready to go, right? So here are the AHL TV packages. If you want to go to uh, AHL.com, this is where you can purchase it. So for a full regular season with all games, it's $44.99. Regular season one team, all games is $34.99. Regular season one team, just the home games is $29.99. A monthly pass for all games is $19.99. And a daily pass for all games is $7.99. So you're getting a lot of options there. And you know the thing about with the the AHL TV is, I mean, you can take your favorite team, and if you buy, like, the whole package, you can watch your favorite team's minor league play, too. So, Rich, you could like, tune into every Wilkes-Barre-Scranton t- uh, game there is. You're right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, I mean, you've got experience doing uh, production work and all that for hockey games. And I, oh, boy. And, and I had touched on it with um with them about you know with if they were have to watch from the TV monitors and and do a play by play could that would probably be pretty tough wouldn't it? I I'm gonna tell you well here's a story you you know this Scott I've been sitting on this story for like <laughs> I led you right in figure, man <laughs> trying to figure out the pull this out of my pocket um you're right I do production work I do it down at the auditorium um and uh, you know it's funny when you're doing lights and doing sound. Uh, you're you're in the monitors you know you 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 have the headphones on 
you're constantly hearing what's going on from the people who are operating lights to the people who are doing the game. And you wouldn't really think this, but everything is on a schedule. Even the ref is on there telling you, I'm going to face the, I'm going to do a face off now, you know, start to climb. It's, it's, it's all very coordinated. Really? Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's kind of a, a, a real work of art really. And uh, so this one time I was, I was down there doing production and the production manager comes to me and says, we need an emergency like statistician. Do you know, do you know hockey? Do you know the game? And, uh, and I said, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking, I know hockey. Of course I know hockey. I could do this. Can't be that hard. I up in the booth and this was during the, uh, the AHL all-star game a, a few years back. And I was sitting next to Brendan Burke as he was calling the game. Oh wow. And no way, no way in, in any way, shape or form would I ever try that job. It is the most confusing job I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, it's one thing to sit there and watch players on the ice and, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, there's there's so-and-so. He got the pass and he scored. But to sit there for, the like, the entire period and be able to call, oh, pass to him, pass to him, hit by him, I, I mean, it is it is nuts. And um, and then to be able to to put that into words as it's going on. Right. Just, I, I give anybody who, who does it all the credit in the world. I actually, sitting there, they you know, and I got the call on the headphones, they said, so, Rich, you up there? Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, okay, just watch the game. You're going to be recording stats, and as they happen, just write them down. We might call to you, and we'll, we'll ask you, like, what just happened? Do you have that stat for us? The very first one, the very first time I got called, they were, Rich, who had that hit? What number was it? No idea. I didn't even see it. I totally lost in the play, and I saw Burke's face, Brendan Burke's face. He looked over at me, and he that looked like – just hang out, dude. It's not really a problem at this point. And, and I thought, like, tiny. And, and that's what they did. They they were just like, you can just sit there, man. Just hang out for the rest of the night. You get a, you get a good look at the game. That's about it. But no stats recorded for that game, thanks to me. So, no. <laughs> Every stat is number 27, Leo Kinville. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something. Al Rosen and JD, those guys knew how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we first started getting into podcasting, I had this crazy idea that, um, I'm going to listen to people's uh, like different announcers talking so I can get that whole, uh, you know, emoting of the voice and things like that. And, and I've, I've said it a million times. I've listened to like Doc Emmerich, oh, huge yeah. fan, of, uh, a, de- a lot of different announcers. And it is, it is not easy. I welcome anybody to sit down next time you watch a game and just probably when nobody else is around or otherwise you look like a crazy person, but just try to do it. Try to sit there and put the emotion in your voice and call the plays, you know, yeah. down the ice. It is tough. It is really, really tough. Especially with some of the names they got today. Yeah, right. You know? God forbid there's substitutes on the ice. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, Rich, that was a very, very cool story. I wish I was there with you. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I got a picture of me in the booth. And... <laughs> I had some friends run up there. I called them. I'm like, get up here. What are you doing? Well, right now, I'm sitting because I feel like an idiot. But come up here, take a picture, and, um, and yeah, it's going to be great. So I have a picture sitting in the booth with the headphones on and stuff. And it looks very official, but I didn't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next season, Rich. Maybe next season. Maybe I'll get the nod again. Likely not, but... <laughs> Well, I think that's going to about do it for segment one. Like I said, uh, we were talking earlier, if you can uh, get in on an AHL TV package, by all means, do it. That's the only way we're going to be able to see the comments this year, folks. So uh, go to AHL.com and, and sign up. 
So, as always, we're going to end segment one with breakaway trivia. And since we're in an American Hockey League mode today, breakaway trivia is about the American Hockey League. And the question is, when was the American Hockey League founded? When was the American Hockey League founded? The answer, when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news information and events in the city. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of Little Falls, New York. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, and our events calendar. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling stories about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of local residents and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at mylittlefalls.com. You'll be glad you did. And we're back with more Marty's Illegal Stick. Did you guys get to think about that trivia question? Ew. I'm going to ask it one more time just so I can hear that again. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not doing it like I did last time. I was going to say, I didn't notice you were typing away <laughs> your computer this time, Dave. <laughs> no, no, I'll let you slide this one. Yeah, Dave the cheat. All right. <laughs> so the question was, what year was the American Hockey League founded? Anybody got any guesses? Crickets? All guesses. <laughs> All guesses. Um, I will say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use my big brain because I think I have one. I'm gonna say like the 1940s because everything seems to happen in the sports world as soon as like the war ended. So I'm gonna say like 40s, 50s. Eh? Am I close? Look. You're, you're, you, I asked for a year. You're giving me a decade, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you covered all the bases. <laughs> uh, all right, Dad, you got a got a guess? Well, that scares me now because I didn't. I don't think they were around that long. Because uh, I'm thinking of the OECHL and some right. of the ones that I used to watch. So I'm, you guys can get a big laugh out of this. I'm going to say 1995. Wow. Okay. Well, the answer is actually 1936. Wow. I swear oh. I was going to say 1937. Really? I, oh. I, I was. You sure you don't have another secret computer you got going on over there? Or I, I, I should ha I have one right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I was going to say 37. That's a big problem with, with hockey because there's too many leagues. And I don't remember the AHL that far back. I don't. I just. Of course, well, because they weren't really, you know, there wasn't a team in Utica. Well, uh, that's probably why. You know, ECHL had teams prior to, but. Hmm. But anyways, see, you learn something new every day. I learned a lot today. How, how embarrassed I can get on, on uh, radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's start with hockey hot takes. Uh, the first one I got for you is the NHL had record viewership in the U.S. and Canada across all platforms for its opening week. That has got to be good news. Well, you got to think about that, too. Naturally, the TV, uh, what do you call it, the viewership is going to be a lot more because you can't go to the, game, the, arena, the any of the arenas. So they're going to have the only watch, when you want to watch the game, you got to watch it on TV. That's true, but an arena only holds like 20,000 max. Okay, but you didn't give me any figures of how many people were viewing. I didn't say that. but Okay. I, 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 I'm not trying to be the devil's no, advocate, but that's just. I'm just trying to get you fired up. You did. <laughs> Again. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's a good sign, though. I mean, the, it means the, the, the league's growing. That That is a good sign, yes. 
you know, and that's that's what we want. So, Rich, any thoughts? I, I think, you know, like you said, it shows that the league's growing. It also shows that there is a demand for uh, for these games. Yeah, everybody wondered, you know, how, how are we going to bring hockey back? How are we going to do it with COVID? Um, it, the NHL, I, I, I've said this before, I feel that they're one of the best leagues about organizing. And that's very, very rare for me to say, because usually the NHL seems like they're a little behind on everything. But um, in this circumstance, I mean, they're, they're really on top of their game. And, uh, and the people want it. They want hockey back. Plus, I, I, I'm sure it doesn't really hurt that everybody's stuck home these days. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled it's back. That's, that's you, the big thing. You know what I think really helped, too, was that you know, as far as being prepared this time, because they had the playoff bubble. Right. Mm-hmm. So you had to get used to not having fans in the building. You had to, you know, your different nuances in and out there. So they had a whole playoff season to prepare for this, really. But uh, yeah. but you're right. The, the NHL does always seem to have like a, a BB gun pointed at its foot ready to shoot at any time. But they did a really good job on this one. <laughs> so let's hope it keeps up. Uh, hot take two. <laughs> Speaking of opening week, the NWHL, National Women's Hockey League, has started its season in their Lake Placid bubble. Each of the league's teams will play each other once, followed by one-game playoff rounds to determine the Isabel Cup champions. I think I said that right. Uh, The championship game is on February 5th, and that, along with the semifinal games, will be broadcast on NBCSN. Now, I know we've we've talked about this before, but I just think it's it's a real great thing for the game to have the ladies out there playing, and... um, I actually got to see a little bit of one of those games yesterday, and it's it's good hockey. What what channel did you get that on? It's on it's on something called Twitch. So uh, okay, I'm, I had one of them back in thirty six. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way he knows what uh, you're talking about. Yeah, I have <laughs> I, you know what? Actually, the answer that he gave was a lot better than I thought was coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, um, Twitch, I guess, is is a some kind of a social media platform. I know I. I Link to it off Twitter. Rich, you know anything about Twitch? Uh, not so much Twitch, no. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say that, Rich and Twitch in the same sentence. <laughs> Sometimes it can be painful. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about your hemorrhoids, Dad. <laughs> I've never had one of them, but I forgot I got him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and can oh, you feel the love God. in the room? <laughs> Uh, so anyways, there was a big trade that went down in this past week, too, between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Winnipeg Jets get Pierre-Luc Dubois and a 2022 third-round pick, while Columbus gets Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic. So who do you guys think wins this trade? I'll go to you, Rich, first. Uh, was there a winner? <laughs> I mean, the talent there, obviously, uh, Dubois is a great player. Um, I think he's he's probably a little bit better than Liney. I personally, I think so. Um, but you know what? It, it, and we we kind of talked about this before. The only thing I don't like about this is that the the squeaky wheel got the oil. The 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 crybabies got their way. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'm 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 not a big fan of that. But um, as far as talent wise, I mean, they should be fine. It, it seems like a fairly fairly decent trade uh there's a there's a lot of youth there they're both like what 20 22, 22 years old yeah yeah so now i i don't know how that's going to be playing for tortorella for you know <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's the part that i can't wait for i can't wait for the soap opera of patrick line playing for john tortorella yeah i mean if it was good luck <laughs> if it was bad with pierre luke dubois and tortorella i can't because line is definitely known to be more of a prima donna than you know at least what I thought with Dubois up to this point. 
Um, but of course, we everybody knows in the hockey world what kind of facilitated all this. Um, both Dubois and Liney were very unhappy in, in their respective places where they were. And uh, Dubois, on a national TV game last week, kind of dogged it against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and he got benched by Tortorella for it, which really kind of pushed the trade. But, Rich, you make a great point when you say about the, the squeaky wheel getting the, the grease because uh, Jack Roselvick, who was the other player that went over with Line A, also wanted out of Winnipeg. He uh, he was actually holding out. He's a restricted free agent. Well, he just signed with the, with Columbus. He's uh, He's actually from Columbus, Ohio. So what he was doing was he was holding out in Columbus, Ohio, and he gets traded to the Blue Jackets. So he doesn't have to worry about quarantining because that's the other issue with all this. So Line A has to quarantine for seven days. And then Dubois has a quarantine for right now 14 days, but the Jets are trying to get a waiver from the Canadian government to get it down to seven. So none of these players are going to be in action right away. And it doesn't really matter for Line A because he's on injured reserve anyways. So right. he's, he's hurt. So, I mean, that quarantine's no big deal. It's, you know, the winner right now, I think, is Columbus. Uh, as talented as Pierre-Luc Dubois is, and everybody covets the the huge center that's got talent and, and all that, uh, Patrick Laine is a bona fide goal scorer. No doubt about it. He's going to get you 40 goals a year. And let's not forget, Roselvic was actually a first-round draft pick himself. He was a 2015 first-round draft pick of the Winnipeg Jets. So it's you know, not like the guys without talent. So right now, I think it's going to be the Columbus getting the win on this trade. But Dubois already said that he'll be happy playing in Winnipeg, and it looks like he's going to sign there long-term. Uh, it's going to depend if Columbus can get Line A to sign long-term to you know determine who wins this trade in the future. And it, and it also depends on how that third-round pick turns out. Yeah, yeah. You know, didn't, at the whole point, he wanted to go to a bigger market, right, than Columbus? Both of them was, did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The the classic case of be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Dad? Or uh, hey, let's, let's call it a draw. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. That's. And now, Rich, this one's just <clears throat> for you because I know you're going to oh. love this one. We've got the Capitals' COVID crisis. Alex Ovechkin, because <laughs> that's uh, Dmitry Orlov and Ilya Samsonov were each suspended four games, and the Capitals were fined one hundred thousand dollars for violating the NHL's coronavirus protocols. Apparently what happened was after a game, they were all hanging out together in a hotel room. Okay. Uh, they weren't wearing masks. Now I guess the no, no is you're not supposed to be hanging out with uh, players that you're not supposed to be roomed with or something. So what happened was Samsonov ended up testing positive for COVID and they did the contact tracing. And that's how they figured out that Ovechkin Kuznetsov and, uh, and Orloff were in the room with them. The league went berserk because you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. They were suspended the Caps got fined $100,000, like I said. And then, of all people, Brad Marchand has to add fuel to the fire. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going off in the press about how, you know, these guys don't respect the game. And, and, and honestly, I, he's sort of got a point in the regards that if everybody's supposed to be playing by those rules, then everybody should be playing by those rules. No doubt about it, yep. as silly as they seem. But Brad Marchand? My favorite player. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rules are made to be broken. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> uh, Just so, don't get caught. That's the problem. You know, For you would have made a great high school guidance counselor. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah, I'm not even going there. When I first heard this story breaking and, and I saw the list of Capitals players that were being taken, I mean, 
my heart was breaking. I felt so bad for that organization. And uh, no, of course not. Anytime, anytime I see the Capitals, it, they stick it to them. I love it. But um, but I, especially when they're the Penguins, it's nothing but great times. And uh, but but seriously, I I don't know how I feel about it. I don't want to get in the whole COVID thing because I, right. I I understand they're very polarized. But I will say this: um, it seems very awkward to me that you can be on the ice with those guys and sitting right next to them on the bench and everything else. But then when you leave the ice, you're not supposed to really be around them. It, maybe I'm, I just don't understand that. I, I but. agree with you. Yes. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is kind of kind of silly that they're they're on the bench together, you know, breathing all over each other and all that, but you, you can't hang out after a game. I don't, you know, whatever. It is what it is. They're probably not going to change their minds about that anytime soon. So. Just because they didn't wear their mask. Well, you know, I guess it, like I said, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Hockey Hall of Famer George Armstrong died over the weekend at the age of 90. Uh, he was the captain of the four Toronto Maple Leafs Stanley Cup winning teams in the 1960s. The right wing was known as the Chief and was one of the first indigenous people to play in the NHL. Dad, you remember George Armstrong? I sure do. He was, he was a fantastic player. He was a, he was a great leader is what he was. The, the, they all looked up to him. The kids looked up to him. He helped a lot of the kids. Yeah, he was a, he was a fantastic hockey player. Yeah, I saw a picture. He looked like he was a pretty big guy. Yeah, well... <laughs> You don't be named the chief being a little guy. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but, uh, yes, he well, – that's, that's sad. It, yeah. you know, I mean, everybody's going to go, but uh, I'm sure they're going to be doing something for him in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, a happy 60th birthday to the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Who's His that? Birth- Wayne Gretzky. Oh, Wayne Did he play hockey? <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, just- you loved him when he was on the Rangers. Yeah, yeah well, that's true, but uh, – <laughs> You got me earlier. I had to pay it back. <laughs> well, his birthday was Tuesday, January 26, 1961. I cannot believe he's 60. No, I know it. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, and when you hear that, you're like, man, I remember watching him when I was a kid, which kind of means that I'm no longer a kid. I'm getting up. <laughs> man, I'm getting kind of old. Woo. So anyways, we're going to end segment two with our website of the week. Website of the week is brought to you by 315hockey.com. 315hockey.com is your news hub for all levels of hockey in central New York. This week, our website of the week is martysillegalstick.com. I'm going to throw a plug in for our own website because I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that it's out there. Um, obviously, I, I, I just recently, Dave, you're going to love this. I just put the link to My Little Falls Radio right on the front page. Oh, nice. So and you, you have it correct. You have My Little Falls dot com slash yeah okay right. oh yeah it's just you, check yeah. you got to check it out see right. you haven't been there in a while that's well it's been a week <laughs> <laughs> but anyways you can uh, you can check out every single episode of Marty's Illegal Stick on that website it's all there with pictures and stories and uh, after we get done with the the Zamboni time machine this week you're gonna really want to tune into that website so anyways that's Marty's Illegal Stick dot com check it out if you get a chance and with that we're gonna go to commercial break when we come back it's the Zamboni time machine. Need to find that gift for someone special? Visit Little Falls Presents at the Stone Mill and Canal Place. Stop by today to find unique artist work, t-shirts, coffee cups, gift towels, greeting cards, tote bags, koozies, and original oil paintings and prints. It's all about the art of the gift. For more information, visit mylittlefalls.com shop or call 315-508-5310 for details. And we're back with segment three of Marty's Illegal Stick, the Zamboni Time Machine. 
Get ready, boys. It's firing up. We're going to go back in time. So this week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to December 1979 and the release of Le Fleur, the Guy Le Fleur disco album. The Hockey Hall of Famer Montreal Canadian superstar released the album in both English and French at the height of the disco craze. Le Fleur was, and still is, a god in Montreal. And just like today, in the 1970s, Montreal was well known for its nightlife. Montreal was loaded with discotheques, which Le Fleur was quite fond of visiting. The album is a mixture of songs and spoken word hockey instruction. Guy does not sing the songs, but he does the spoken word hockey instruction over a disco music background, complete with backing vocals. Uh, it's sort of like a hockey coach meets Studio 54. <laughs> the two songs on the album are called Face Off and Power Play and were performed by local Montreal disco musicians. One of the more interesting lyrics from Power Play went, If it ever gets down to it, baby, you know, I'll get my way with my power play. <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> oh, the boy. lyrics are much worse these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but back then, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and to go along with that lyric, a poster of bare-chested Lafleur with his jersey hanging behind him was included with the album. Yeah. Sadly, Lafleur, the Guy Lafleur disco album, was not a huge success, as apparently not a lot of people outside of Montreal cared about Guy's passion for disco music. Interestingly enough, the album ended up being a hockey trendsetter. A couple years later, with the help of future Growing pain star Alan Thicke, the Los Angeles Kings Triple Crown line of Dave Taylor, Marcel Dion, and Charlie Simmer would record Forgive My Misconduct. The New York Rangers also got in on Yak when Phil Esposito and the Rangers Rockets recorded Hockey Stick Rock. Shockingly, neither of these songs would make it onto the Billboard charts, but you can find both on YouTube under Forgive My Misconduct and Hockey Sock Rock with John Davidson. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. <laughs> Well, I'll never forget the, the, when uh, I, I can't remember Ron Ron Duguay and I uh, I think Guy Lafleur and uh, Esposito when they oh boy, they they that was quite a thing. Uh, there was what was I forgot the name of the company they used to dance to. Oh, Sassoon. Oh yes, but that they was Sassoon. The, the, the yes. jeans commercials. Oh Lord. You know, you were in a band. Did you ever play hockey, sock, rock? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say I did. I might have done that power play one, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) well, TMI there. But (laughs) anyways, I'm going to have links to that uh, that video that we were just talking about with John Davidson. And also, I'm going to try to get the links to some of the Gila Fleur songs up on the webpage. So keep an eye out for that. That'd be cool. And with that, that is going to do it for Marty's Illegal Stick. I want to thank Jason Shia for coming on and letting us know about the AHL season. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast, and you can find us the same name on Twitter. Uh, we got www.martysillegalstick.com. Keep an eye out with that. And with the links for the songs we were talking about are going to be there. For Leo Kinville, for Dave Warner, for Rich Masucci, I'm Scott Kinville. Have a good one. <laughs>